The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The New Nasty Boys. I'm your co-host this morning, afternoon, or evening, or whenever the fuck you decide to listen to this Billy DeVore, and sitting across from me, as always, is... Hello, it is I, Lee Michael Kimbrell. How are you doing, nasty boys and girls out there across the whole wide world? Pretty good. Feeling pretty good. They're feeling close to 500. It was a last, uh, the last seven days since we sat at this very couch in the Devoraporium 2.0 yeah. have been pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, what, eight and five in their last, uh, whatever that math 13. works out. That works out to 13. I work with math all day, and it took that long for me to get there. Yeah. I was about to say it, but you beat me to it. 13. Thank oh, God yeah, for because I'm a math whiz. Well, <laughs> me too. I think it's also just the complacency of the fact that I can just open up my phone, slide down a menu, and there's a calculator that has just rotted my brain. Right there. Right. Where if it's not two of the same number, I'm not going to be able to add it up that quick. Easy enough. Even an odd number totally fucks me up to this day. What's 15, 30, 30? 15, 15 plus 7? 15 plus 7, 23. There you go. Okay. There you go. Maybe I just took a chance there. Regular mathlete. Math. <laughs> So, yeah, that's me. Uh, the kid who was uh, academically disqualified from quiz team. Really? Fun fact. Did you know that? Couldn't make the cut. Did At a 1.8 GPA that quarter, and they were like, Billy, you can't, you can't do quiz team. Yeah, you're dumb. You're dumb, but you're <laughs> smart. But you're more dumb. Yeah, you're more dumb. There yeah. is some smart in there. There is, which is why I was around, and then they're like, are you an idiot? And I'm like, mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I am. Uh, my problem is don't like homework. Yeah, still don't. Still don't. Still extremely disorganized. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. You. So you didn't, you had like a messy locker? Dude. It, oh, dude, it was, it was always just stacks of papers. Like, I was like, oh, I forgot about this. I mean, look at my computer right now. How many tabs do you think? I think I have. What, 30? 30 tabs. And then watch the swipe on here. It's it's taking that long to think about it. Yeah, that's like the finest machine that humans can make. And it was like, hold on, give me a second. Give me up. Oh, I think I've got two, four, five. I would say twenty other windows open on top of the thirty tabs I have on my Google Chrome. A lot of people say this is a nightmare, and it's also the sign of a psychopath Such or a genius. Or a, see, that's where I was leaning. Or a mad genius. Organized chaos. That's how I operate. You know where it is. Yeah. I'd be like, Billy, pull up that image or, or that link of the some obscure Asian soccer team jersey that you want to buy, <laughs> and you would just pull it up. You know where it is. I know exactly where it is. The Rain Man, baby. I just have it locked in, probably saved on my um on the screen. It's probably one of those tabs right now. But yeah, it's been a uh, it's been a, a a good seven days since the last time we did the podcast, both yes. on and off the field for the Red Legs and yeah. for your boys. Yes, we've had a nice little run at it. We have. I am now what Alicia describes as thirty fun. Yeah, he's thirty fun years old. Thirty fun, which means I'm just glad with being done with my twenties. Yeah, that means that we have just put the gravestone. We have etched the years. You got three sixty five in between you and twenty anything. Oh. 
It's good. It means I, you know, I don't remember a fair amount of my 20s. Yeah. Do, oh, yeah. 20. Do you? Flew by. No. I remember like motor, go bananas, meeting some cool people, going on a couple vacations, and then just up, down, up, down. See, I guess I, I, I do recall some of them because I started comedy when I was 25. Right. So the last five years and change, I recall pretty glowingly. Okay. I remember stuff. I, you know, the memory is definitely getting fuzzier. Yes. And then pre that, I was teaching. Yeah. So I remember, I've got some like, I remember some teaching memories and stuff. But as far as like just the mindset of being, you know, a 22, 23 year old person with not a care in the world. No, that seems foreign. That seems bizarrely way out there. And we uh, we rung you into thirty fun in a very fun way. We did. It was an absolute blast. Friday. What were you, you were with us? Friday. Were you with us Friday night? What was Friday night? That's a great question. Yeah, I know. <laughs> See, that's where we live. Uh, I went to Motor. No, not Friday night. I was not with you. No, we linked up Saturday okay. morning. Saturday morning because we went to Motor. Where else did we go? The hub? No. Oh, we went to that new bar on um, on Vine, Ember and Fire, what a coals and ash. Copper and Copper and fire. cum. Yeah, copper and Co- semen. <laughs> copper and semen. Pretty cool. I mean, you pour your own beers. They have like a bunch of different taps. Copper and flame. That's it. There it is. It's a cool spot. So you went there, and then Saturday, me and the lady rolled up to your place at noon, right on the nose. Yeah. We hung out here and then walked to the pool. I was surprisingly active and spry. You felt, yeah. I mean, you could, it didn't seem like anything was wrong. No, just had a, had a Red Bull, and I was ready for the day. That was saved for Sunday morning. <sighs> Dude, Sunday, I was dead. I believe it, man. I, I mean, I don't know how you were going on Saturday. I don't either. I mean, we went to the pool, had had drinks at the pool. Yeah, I mean, but you were, you. We went to the pool. We drinking motor, drinking ghost baby. No, well, that's see, that's oh, the yeah. thing that's crazy is because we, me and you, parted ways at about like four thirty. Yeah, and you were pretty fucking tore up, <laughs> and you had dinner at a really nice place in like two and a half hours. Yeah, and you didn't really stop. No, I had cocktails. Yeah, and then you went to dinner at a nice joint. Yeah, and kept having cocktails. Then yeah. we went out for more cocktails, and then at like eleven fifteen, me, you, uh, Alicia, our ladies, it was fun. It was great. We went to Ghost Baby, which is the coolest venue I've ever seen. It was amazing. It's breathtaking down there. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've never seen. I need to move my phone. That's why there's that buzzing sound. Uh, it was great. I mean, it was a, a amazing setting. It felt like somewhere that Frank Sinatra would hang out. Oh, yeah, definitely. And someone had been murdered behind the bar. More than likely, yes. Yes. Some unscrupulous things have happened there in the past, 100%. I would imagine. 100%. Yeah. That's where you find them high-end ladies oh, of yeah. the night. Oh, yeah. Four yeah, yeah, figures. Yeah. Four figures walking around. Yeah, but like, what really sucked was like, it took forever to get drinks. Oh, yeah. It was unreasonable. Service was bad. It was just a bunch of beautiful people who'd probably never served before, but they're, <laughs> they're gorgeous and sexually androgynous good looks yes. fit the aesthetic of a very sexy underground jazz bar. <laughs> you know, but right. I mean, my God, it really was. It was, pretty, it was pretty amazing. And then also they're dealing with top shelf drinkers. Yeah. You, me, our ladies, and Logan and Sarah. That's not. I mean, in that amount. I mean, in an hour, we housed 
I had a couple bottles of champagne. champagne. Yeah, a couple bottles of champagne. And then had like... A round of cocktails. Cocktail, two, three rounds of cocktails. And it's like, these are gone. Need more. And they're yeah. like, nope. I remember just being so, so drunk down there. I just kept saying to our server, hey... Don't him and I look like Hopper from Stranger Things? Dude, you said it so many times. We were both wearing like floral print type shirts. Oh, it was so funny. It, I think I said it six times. Uh, known favorite on the on the hub, uh, on the podcast. <laughs> the Lots hubcast. of those people were represented on Saturday at the pool. Yes, they were. Holmes at the pool, Shubes at the pool. Seamer. Seamer. Bassman. Yes. Bassman at the pool. Yeah. It's very fun Pat. to see yeah, Pat Brennan. She, he was on the Yeah. It's very funny to go to the pool and just like see all of your close friends without shirts on. Yeah. It's just a different layer, quite literally. Quite. I guess it, yeah, I guess it's a yeah, the the subtraction of a layer. Yeah, but it's also exactly what I wanted to see all of my friends half naked. Yeah, exactly. Is that, was, that that was the whole plan all along? <laughs> yeah, it was really wild being back at a pool, huh? Yeah, it was great. I I've been in a couple creeks in a river, but I haven't <laughs> swam in like a chlorinated pool in a hot hot minute. Well, you're in nature's I mean, pool. Yeah, not all of last summer, obviously. Right. But yeah, dude, just jumping Wait. off a diving board. How fun is that? That was great. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think if there was a point last year. I'm trying to think if we actually knew someone with a pool that we went. No one. Seamer has the pool typically, and they shut his down. They shut it down again. I know. He's heartbroken. Those bastards. He's a pool boy. It's the only reason he moved into that apartment is so he could be king of the pool. Right, and that is him with his little little tiny speedo. I know. Check glory hole. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty phenomenal. But yeah, lots of just good times, good hangs. We were with the people. A lot of hard laughs. Yeah. Did some comedy a little later on. Dude, listen to this shit that happened at Chameleon last night. Hit me. I've already told you, but listen to this shit, new nasty boys and girls across the whole wide world. (laughs) So we're doing a show at Chameleon, which is a little bar slash club over in the north side of town. And fun show. It's not like packed out, packed out, but there's probably 25, 30 people attentively watching. It's a sure. good show. Right. New couple enters the room. They are not attentively watching. No. They are chattering. They are eating loudly. They are just kind of acting as if a show isn't happening. Or they are the show. Yeah, it was insane. Insanity. <laughs> insane in the membrane. Mm. And this, I w- what's really crazy is Morgan almost went up to the table, my girlfriend, and yeah. told him to be quiet. And I was heading over there too. But a little white angel from the audience, one of Wyckoff's friends, who mm-hmm. was just also in the audience, she goes up to that table and tells him to be quiet. And I lean over to Snodgrass and I'm like, look at this, dude. This audience member just told that lady to, you know, stop talking. That was great. Yeah. And in that period when I leaned over to say that to Snodgrass, I hear a commotion and I look over just in time to see the man at the table just smack the shit out of the woman who told him to be quiet. <laughs> oh my God. Like loud connection yeah. cracked her. What, what would make you think that you can smack a stranger, even though a stranger told you to be quiet? Yeah. But he it- said that he, she was bringing her hand too close to his face. Oh, yeah. that still doesn't excuse the behavior. No, it doesn't excuse the behavior. I will add this. There is a, an added nuance, an added level to this, and it, it's inexcusable. I literally said that. I said, there's no excuse for what you just did, whether she touched you or not. But, but he's a little gay guy. Oh, 
Yeah, that just because you're taking a different brand, I know, doesn't mean you can hit. Feels different though. Lady. Sure, it's full blown different than if it was a guy with like a big ass bull. If it was you know some big motherfucker. Yeah, here's the difference: is that guy got escorted out of the building, correct? Oh man, it was so wild. Alex Taylor, shout out local comic, good dude. He uh, he just ran up on this guy and just bear hugged him from behind completely incapacitated him and just walked him out of the building now what happened after that did the cops show up nope i got it there's your difference yeah there you go there's your difference you can go out have fun strut around enjoy your month yeah hit ladies and not go to jail (laughs) that's what happened happy pride happy pride target's got your back walmart has your back we got out we got them out of there quick flash and in a hurry man right it was wild but of course if it was someone else and Giles was on stage, and it was so funny because he just did not know what to do at all. No. He's planned chaos as well. Yeah, no shit. So when you throw that firecracker in there, he's going to be like, uh, I, I was supposed to make this wild and, and he crazy. he was just doing like, his weird-ass jokes and stuff. It was What business he was going to open. Yeah, exactly. He was, right. I think he was going to open a business that... A machine that you could attach to your toilet that brought the shit back into your toilet. <laughs> just he said that while this awful scene. It was so fucking. Funny. Well, there was a shit show happening. Yeah, and then I walk and I got to go up after him, and it was a lot of fun. I just got to spend, you know, so much of my set just talking about how fucked up, how <laughs> insane that was that that just happened. Oh my god, that's I. I yeah, I mean, there's all the like that's just crazy with the that the cops just didn't show up. Also, you don't want to. Here's the other thing: like, you don't want to raise a commotion at the bar where the cops are going to come by when the police station is that close. Because then, because you know, it's like what, not even a mile away. Yeah. So you don't want to be known for that. Then they're just going to start coming around. Yeah, man, it's always best not to snitch. Yeah, and there will be. There's like you just don't want to. If you have any type of nefarious activities that happen at a bar, which happens at every bar, right. You don't want to be eventually popped for it. Yeah, man. So smart move on their part, but what a little asshole. Yeah, it was wild. It was really quite something. Just seeing Alex carry him out of the bar, and then I went and got his phone off the table and went and gave him his phone, and he was like, I'm hungry, and I was like, I'm boxing your food up. Wow, you did that for him? Yeah, I was like, you can't come back in here. I felt bad for the lady that he was with. Because it was like some older lady who had clearly just gotten dolled up. And I was talking to her and she was like, I really don't even know this guy. He lives on my street. I just <gasps> wanted to go out for a night's oh. night. And I was like, oh, fuck my ass. Jesus. You know what I would have done? But I was still, I was like, well, you don't talk at comedy shows. No. That- <laughs> yeah, this is still this your what fault. happens. Dude. What I would have done is, uh, you know, I would he'd be like, oh, I'm hungry. I'd be like, okay, well, here's your phone, and then thrown it in the trash can. Right. You go get that. And it's like, your food? I would have had Alex Taylor hold him and then just would have ate it in front of him. <laughs> yeah. That would have been really good of de-escalating the situation. <laughs> that, yeah, that would have been great. That, that would have gotten the cops called. Did he eat? Was he eating pizza? He was eating yeah, pizza, french fries, and wings. They had a whole smorgasbord that they had wow. just gotten into. I would have ate all the pizza left on the crust. Yeah. I would eat half the. I would eat it all. Yes, I probably would eat it all. I would imagine that would have been so. my dick move. Yeah, to counteract his dick move, it's like see what happens when you're mean to people. You get your pizza eaten. You get your pizza eaten, and your phone's in the trash. You live and you learn, and you don't smack people. But yeah, I was. I, I got the show back on track, and then Wyckoff went up there and had him a nice little set. That's good. Yeah, it was good. It was a good night. No, uh, <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Uh, 
so that's great it was that's awesome tuesday i was da- the hub was excellent again hub's good every monday of course tuesday down in lexington taco tuesday it was fun yeah i need to go down there it was great yeah holler at spencer and go down there i got to quote headline it well so what you did 25 at 15 no i did like 18 minutes oh it's great there were 17 on the list i went 11th oh okay and then there was like some good comics behind me and uh it was a good show it was a fun packed again fun layout yeah packed out good packed out i like both of those guys yeah a lot. me too spencer and alex are tight spencer's moving up here Oh, did he? Is he finally get the? Yeah, he's, he's got a date. Signed a lease, put a, depo- a deposit on a place directly across from the Woodward Theater. Oh, he's gonna be down here. He's in the neighborhood. Yes. Yeah, that is a huge get. Directly across from the Woodward. Oh, I'm gonna ruin his life. Yeah. Well, we're trying. <laughs> yeah, we're trying. The guy was like, "You know what? I'm gonna move to Cincinnati and do comedy." I was like, "Oh, I know how that goes." Yeah. <laughs> It's 50-50. Good luck, brother bear. Yeah, we got your back. Fuck, man. Hopefully you can survive it. No, he will. He's funny. He's great. No, I love that dude. I uh, I, I had a pretty interesting comedy show experience uh, last night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where'd but you go? I went and saw the, uh, the that one guy up north, Dave Chappelle. David. Mr. David Chappelle. Uh, I, I, I was, you know... It was fantastic. It, I mean, it was everything that everyone has ever said it was, you know? Very cool. It was cool. It was super cool. I uh, got on the guest list, all that stuff. How? Because I'm a G. That's yeah, how. Because I'm how. Billy fucking DeVore. I w- actually, you know what? I wasn't even on the list. I pulled up to where they like check you in, and I rolled down my window, and I said, hello. I said, hello. I'm Billy DeVore. I went number one on iTunes. They went, oh, we've been expecting you. Yeah. And then he pulled up. It was really cool. That's what happened. Um, and then I screamed number one on iTunes the whole way to the pavilion. And everyone's like, what is he talking about? <laughs> They're like, oh, Billy's here. Um, but, uh, dude, that whole space, it's surprisingly smaller than you think it would be. Like, every time you see a photo or you watch, like, the Chappelle Letterman interview, it was, it, it seemed bigger. But it's also because it's a fucking legend, and you just assume You assume that. it's big and grandiose, but it is literally like a corner of a field with woods surrounding three sides. It's like perfect. Yeah, it really is. As thick as those trees are, it kept the laughs in. Yeah, no, it felt... Yeah, it really did. It's it kind of felt like a room. Cra- it was crazy with no ceiling. It, you know what it really felt like? It felt like... Like a, like a, like a, a hidden stage of Bonnaroo yeah, that you unlocked. Tight. It was tight. Um... And how wide, like the wide, the width, it was like, I, uh, I was with John Holmes, and then we ended up running into Sean Braley. Oh, cool. And um, and, and it was great. Um, just jib-jabbing with them, and like, and his girlfriend, Shauna, looked... Yeah. Yes? No, it's uh, Sh- Sh- Shaley or something. Sh- right. She was like, this feels like I'm at a music festival. I'm like, oh, fuck, I haven't done that in forever. Yeah, I know. I was like, fuck, this makes the most sense. Yeah, it's so cool. And then you're like walking back in the woods and it's this little trail and no, the biggest thing, man, no one has a phone. None. No one has a phone. How cool is that? It was great. Well, I had mine locked up. I went down the wrong line and I got locked up, but I got to keep it in my pocket. Yeah, but still, like no one has access to a phone. No, it was great. We left ours in a car, but like so tight yeah and like you heard every comic on that show was unchained yeah which was super fucking cool because like you don't get to see that a whole lot yeah they didn't have to worry about it 
No, they just got to say what was on their mind, what they were, what they want to say, and what they want to work on, and not have to worry about the other bullshit. And it just adds to the coolness because you're looking around, you're like, this is like a hidden stage in the middle of Ohio. That person is so famous and so good at what he does. So is he. So is she. Look at that. Yeah. I mean, it's just killer, killer, killer. And then you just realize that it's it's only you could only experience it there and then. Exactly. You, no pictures. Nothing. Yep. It's awesome. It's all legend. It makes it just feel. It just. It uh. It it really exacerbates the moment. Exactly. It just like adds an exclamation point to it. You're like, nope. Yep. Be here. Soak it in. Yeah. Watch it hard. Makes me wish that like we had that type of shit at just every show. Yeah. Like lock lock your phone. You're if not on it. It was just it. like a societal norm that you didn't have your shows at show at your phones at comedy shows. Oh yeah. God. Leave it in the car. Escape for two hours. People can wait. They don't need to know exactly where you are at all times. Yeah, that's how you spend it. That's how that's you spin it. it. It's just like escape. Come on, enjoy the show. Go off the grid. Ri- yeah, go off the grid a little bit. It's like a tiny going off the grid moment. Yeah, you'll you'll feel you'll feel better, and you will get horny. Yeah, <laughs> like you get a little rush from it. Yeah, for sure. You're like no one can fucking find me. And you said. Uh, Ali Wong crushed super hard. Yeah, the show was Dave up top doing 15 and just, and it was cool watching him start because he struggled for about 10 minutes. Sure. And he acknowledged, he's like, man, I'm bombing tonight. Yeah. And uh, looking back at like the people hanging out in the back of the pavilion, I was like, see, it's so hard to start a show. Yeah. Even if you're Dave fucking Chappelle. I know. And yet we make the person who has the least amount of talent go first at, or not talent, experience. Right. At, at a comedy club. I know. It's strange. It's bizarre. So, which makes me fully embrace the fact that, like, yeah, just have the, the most famous person go first for a little bit. Yeah, for, it makes great. It makes the most sense. It makes sense. perfect sense. And, he, and then after five minutes, after the, the, the ten, and then they really came around, and then Ashley Critchfield came out. I think that was her last name. Her story was crazy. The fact that she was jogging in San Antonio, and she got hit by a car in, in, during the, 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 the height of the pandemic... She had five brain surgeries and was in a coma for three weeks. Wow. Yeah. Great story. Yeah. And that she came back and she's alive. Uh, then Dave went back up, did like another fucking 50. Dave did like two hours. Oh, yeah. It was bananas. Yeah. And then after that, you've got uh, you got Ronnie Chang from The Daily Show. Yeah. Smoked it. But then Dave and Ali Wong, dude, was so unbelievably funny she's a badass like i've seen her before like at bonnaroo and met her there with jeff uh in like 20 2012 but dude she had me rolling and and she she had she had the biggest reactions the entire show yeah i bet because she was just pinpoint precision still i don't know how much she's been working or how often but it seemed like she hadn't missed a step yeah but she's also developed her character so well that like and what she talks about that it seems like she can easily repeat it without getting out of rhythm. Right. And so and so much of it it draws from just her exact life that I mean they're they're definitely well-written jokes but it's not like she's up there remembering shit. Right. She's just like recanting what the fuck is happening in her life right now. Right. Yeah, she rules. She's so funny. She said this she had this one joke uh, that she was like she just talked about cheating on her husband for so long. And uh, she had this joke where she said, like, I was filming this. The closest I've ever gotten to cheating on my husband was I was filming this movie and I was prepping to become a chef. And there is this beautiful, gorgeous 25-year-old Persian man who 
was helping me butcher raw chickens. And we butchered 15, and it was sensual. Yeah. He came up behind me, put his arms around me, showed me how to cut, and his just tattooed, covered arms were rubbing up against mine. And then I could feel on my back his 25-year-old penis just getting harder and harder, pushing up against my back. And when I left, I went back, and I was the wettest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> I pulled down my panties, and it looked like the bottom of a dirty bird cage. The bottom of a dirty bird cage is, is funny. howling hilarious. Yeah disgusting and an amazing piece of imagery yeah yeah right yeah it's for guys like you who are just so horny <laughs> you know it's funny right. or just like seeing a good picture painted yeah but it was like every she had to pause for 20 seconds like everyone was just howling it was great she's got a really killer stage presence on uh, uh, she's a, a small, tiny little person right as small as she is but she's loud and is just so punctuated that it's like it's so fucking cool to watch. Yeah, man. Uh, then Dave went back up. Donnell Rawlings, that was cool as shit. Yeah. Then Dave came back Ashy up. Ashley Larry. Dude, they came back up and they shot the shit for 10 minutes. And then Dave was getting ready to have the show leave. And he said earlier in the show, he's like, someone remind me to tell me about the three fights. And he's like shutting it down. And then someone screams, Dave, three fights. And and he's like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and does so fucking... 45 no shit has everyone come back the two security guards are standing next to him like his bodyguards like they're cool like people were standing close to him and all this it was super fucking cool damn it felt like tough. a like a fight like it felt like a like a like a fireside store yeah like a like, like a campsite so it ended ish and then he brought it back and then he brought dude that's so cool what an experience it and was, it's the last last weekend yeah he's saying it's over he's saying he's he's it's done after this weekend so because he said the people of the sit of uh of yellow springs don't like him he said man, they're too loud was well, like what are they gonna do watch corn man fuck yellow springs no fucking shit imagine that happening in your town and you boil it down to saying this is a bad thing yeah you go and you fuck i wonder what it. that means of that club that's what I was thinking the whole time on the way back would, with John. If, if they if they say no thank you to this, what says why would they open a comedy club with open arms aside from it being a literal world attraction in your town? Yeah. Like literal like for real. It's like if if Oh fuck them. Dude. It'd be like if Pryor opened up a club. If it's that it's even a bigger deal. It's Yeah. Yeah, that's so it's, crazy. It's not man. like Dangerfields where I mean Ronnie Dangerfield was a legend and and a hero, but like when he opened up a club in New York, I mean, what? There was a Dude, what if he bunch puts, of other What clubs. if he just says, fuck it, and opens one in Dayton or Cincy? I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be at all. Well, I mean, why Why wouldn't he? Cincy, for sure, would be dope. That'd be amazing if he came down. Did something downtown? Come on. That'd be cool as shit. It'd be wild. It would be excellent. So, yeah, we, I mean, that was probably one of the coolest experiences I've had this year, entertainment-wise. I yeah. mean, just... You know, and like, see, like, there's nothing like, you know, we've ever independent shows, we see our friends, but seeing true pros and legends work is amazing. Hell yeah. It's awesome. Like, you, we have our camaraderie, we all get along, like, we're all funny, but there's nothing like watching God tier and then just next level people operate. Yeah. You just don't... You, oh, yeah. When you see a guy who is, yeah, that, that big, it's a whole different thing. Whole thing, and it felt like extremely personal. Every time with him, like, it didn't... None of it felt like a fake fucking act. It's just him up there smoking cigarettes, telling stories. It's, so, it's really nuts the amount of time that he can do where it doesn't 
feel like it's dragging on. No. And it's it's different from watching the Netflix specials. Where oh, I'm like, yeah. okay, all right. And then seeing it in person, I'm like, now I fucking get it. Oh, yeah. Now, like, a whole other level. Oh, yeah. It's just like when you listen to a band and you're like, okay, they're good, but I don't hear anything crazy and then you go see them live you're like why the fuck do they rip this hard live and it's not put it's on the on the, on the wax yeah why isn't it translating to wax like this like big thief was that way for me yeah they're very mellow when you listen to them and they can shred but then when you see them live you're like dude these guys rock harder than i fucking thought it's the same it's the same goddamn thing right so it's pretty fucking sweet and uh fuck yellow springs for being such pieces of shit that's what a bummer yeah. Well, farm towns be farm towns. Just so incredibly uh, relaxed and comfortable on stage, Chappelle. Oh, yeah, when you've been doing it as long I as mean, he has. I mean, he could just sit up there and look at that whole cornfield and not say anything for a minute, and he wouldn't. his heart rate wouldn't even go up. No. He's like, fuck you, I got this. Yeah, I know. What a G. The best. Probably the best I've ever seen live. Yeah, he's the best I've ever seen live. Uh, Regan was really good. Well, yeah, that makes sense, too. Brian Regan was... Same feeling, though. Yeah. Kind of the same feeling of just, like, seeing him on stage, and you're just like, oh, yeah, there's a there's a level where it's like, not only are you a natural-born killer, but you've been doing it for 25, 30 years. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you literally 10,000 hours. Right. You have mastered it. You have mastered what you do and how you make yeah. things work. Right. Yeah, 10,000 hours. Exactly. Oh, comedy, cool. baby. Comedy, it's Love cool. It. It's comedy. coming in back. It's, well, it's back. Um, well, I'd say we're at 95%. Yeah. I mean, Motormouth's coming back. That's exciting. That is exciting. Having those hollow doors of motor reopen has been wonderful. Yeah, I love being down at Motor Pub. It's the best. Makes me happy. Bummer we're missing the uh, the first Motormouth show. I know. That sucks. Because Carl put me on and he's like, I saw you're on a show. And I was like, I totally spaced. I was just so excited that you're back. Yeah. So I get it. But we watched a Reds game down in the basement. We did. That was awesome. We saw, who was it? Gino hit a bomb? Gino dangered. That was that made me very happy. I wish that there was a place where we could go and like talk about that moment while it's happening. You know what I mean? That would be cool. While it's happening or even like some sort of like, you know, post-game recap or something. Talk about the game. Just like have our own little show. Have our own little show. Well, guess what, buddy? Have you heard of Locker Room? I have. It is a live, audio-only, sports talk platform, free to download and to use. Um, Locker Room is free, audio-only, social media platform for sports fans. Join the conversations with me and have a chance to be featured on the new Nasty Boys podcast. Um, I'll be hosting rooms. Lee and I will eventually. Uh, we'll get around to it and make it happen. So we'll check it out when it does happen. All you need to do is download Locker Room app for free in the iOS store, uh, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the sports drink league group uh follow me at the new nasty boys when we set it up and when our room goes live we'll be going live eventually and at some time it's very exciting stuff fuck it we'll do it live fuck it we'll do it live <laughs> damn hell yeah rip that mic down papa lo- oh god that's one of my favorite things ever from inside edition oh yeah it's a, it's yeah yeah oh. Hard to beat a screaming Christian Bale or uh, Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> Christian Bale was Terminator. Uh, yeah, ju- the other the, one. The, well, not Genesis. Well, it's, it's actually held up. If you rewatch it, it's it's pretty solid. I rewatched oh, it yeah. a couple months ago. I love those movies. 
I do too. They're good stuff. I'm I'm curled up on the couch like a little cat right yeah, now. Yeah, you are. Me out. You know what that you know what I will say this though. The last Terminator movie, the oh, Terminator Salvation is the one with Christian Bale. The last one was fucking terrible. Okay. It was just not good. It It wasn't Um, good. It dragged. If we're doing media recommendations, a new show on Netflix called Sweet Tooth. Yeah? Who's in that? Into it. Um, No one really. Will Forte is in in it a little bit. Love that. Um, He's a main character. But other than that, you wouldn't know anybody. It's great. Wait, is that that comic book show where the kid's like a deer? Yeah. So, and it's like pandemic themed. Yeah, it's uh, produced by the Downies. Robert Downey Jr. and his wife. Yeah, it's really good. I liked it a lot. It's like these... A giant sickness comes called the sick, wipes out a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. At the same time this happens, babies start getting born that are like half animal, half human. They're called hybrids. That's tight. Like little pig babies, little monkey babies, okay. like little bird babies. They're really cute. The and the CGI is great. And uh Okay, I'm and, in. And like the question is which like which came first the did the hybrid babies cause the pandemic or the pandemic caused the hybrids oh so a lot of hybrid hate got it a lot of hybrid hate okay it's inter- it's a great show i really like it it's so like specious at that point yes for sure here's a question for you because it's the first thing that came to mind when you said pig human baby hybrid yeah would you eat it would I? <laughs> oh, fuck. I know. I don't know, man. If it could talk. Fuck, I don't know. I guess cows talk. Yeah, they everything say, talk. They just say moo. Yeah, we just don't understand their language. Oh, man. In like an apocalyptic time, like in this show, yeah, I I'll probably give you, would. Yeah, I'll get, okay, I'll give you two options. Like if one came up here and just somehow got into the apartment, the Devoremporium 2.0, and... You know, it got in here. Someone came in and just butchered it up, and I threw it on the egg. You don't, you don't have to watch it. Wait, dude, that's an insane hypothetical. So, an <laughs> animal-human hybrid baby walks up here, yeah. and me and you are just like, "Oh, whoa!" And then someone comes in and following that and just butchers, <laughs> butchers it, it in front of us, and no, we're we just like, "Oh, it. there's nothing we can do." <laughs> oh no, let's turn it into tasty treats. Oh my god. Well, okay, let's say it came. I would. I would. You would? Okay. I would. Especially if it was a chicken animal, a chicken-human hybrid. Chicken-human, I would do... I would struggle with the pigs because they look so cute. But the little animal birds are fucked up looking. Humans shouldn't have feathers. Yeah. Not a fan. I I could easily eat a (laughs) pig-human. Because I am a pig-human. That's what they call it, long pig. Long... Yeah, it's true. I am long pig. And I'll eat that... Okay, I would eat cow, cow person, pig person... I don't think there's anything I wouldn't eat plus person. Would you eat, okay, traditional, like, would you eat, like, Ariel? Would you eat a mermaid? Yeah. I would, like, yeah, like just, like, into, the human part? I would, no, I'd cut her in half. Yeah. You know, and then I would turn her bottom half into locks. Broil the tail, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, turn her into a nice Ariel souffle. Because you, you would have to assume that's like crawfish down. No, it. I, I probably mop tuna. Mop. Yeah, more like a tuna. Tuna's the easy pussy joke. Yeah, that's the easiest well, I route. I wasn't even thinking it. Yeah, but but like I would think like the tail consistency of a mermaid. It reminds me of like a tuna or like a black tip fin shark. You know? Okay. Like, it's like real cartilagey. Sure. It's like a big old thick meaty. It's like a giant fish. Yeah, you know what I would think of is a mahi mahi. They're yeah. huge fucking fish. Yeah. And I would eat Ariel easily. Man, I was thinking about fishing the other day because I fished I, I, I fished a lot growing up. And like, 
I don't. I kind of hate fishing. Yeah, not a fan. I kind of hate it. Like I'll just go and stand by a river. You know, <laughs> right? Like fishing's a fun. I love the adrenaline rush of like reeling it in or coming up on a line and the trees jerking in the water or whatever. But sure. Like, when you get down to it, man, it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, cool. I I I accomplished my goal. Now to rip a hook out of a living thing's <laughs> mouth. Yeah. I invaded their home. Slimy, they got spines. Yeah. I don't know. And then and then here's the thing. What you're supposed to do if you're if you're like a good person, you're supposed to throw it back. Yeah, man. Imagine How, that day. That PTSD you yeah. can't recover from. Yeah. And there are fish uh, in like stocked ponds and stuff that you'll pull them up and it's like their whole ma- they've been caught like 10, ten times. times. Yeah. And to us, to them, it's like their religion is like, yeah, sometimes you just eat a fish. You're just <laughs> yeah. out here, you see a worm or a fish and you eat it and then you just get ripped up. These aliens yeah. take you. Yeah, there's yeah. an alien disclosure coming to the fish soon, too. Not oh, just us. that's so We're true. We're going to let them know. Dude, imagine getting thrown back. Like, what do you do? You just go lay at the bottom of the river and your buddy swim by. It's like, what's wrong with Tony? It's like... <sighs> He got caught. Yeah. Oh he, my God, is he okay? He got caught. It's like, well, what was he wearing? Yeah. <laughs> you know. You know. You always don't go after that worm. I know. Had he had he been smoking some seaweed? Oh, probably. You know, he probably was asking for yeah. it. Hey, what color were his scales? You know, too much attraction. Yeah, that's a fact. It's a very big fact. That's what happened to that rainbow fish, right? Oh, Rainbow Fish, classic children's book. Very good children's book. How does that end? A, he was at a just a fish mill the whole time? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it ends happy. What's happy? I don't know. I would imagine that at the end of a children's book, it's like it, it's it got a good moral and he finds his mom or whatever he, he was doing. That's ne- Nemo? Okay, yeah, that's Nemo. Yeah. He finds his mom. Uh, you know what? The, the end of that book, it's like you close it. It's like, wow. Every time I'd be like, mom, can we have fish sticks? Yeah, it's like those non-smoking commercials where yeah, like they sure. come on. It's like don't smoke; it's bad. Then the first thing you want is a cigarette. Yeah, man. That the, yeah, Rainbow Fish was produced by Big Fish, <laughs> the Big Fish Corporations Pro- to get it into our head. Produced by Real Big Fish, the band. Real Big Fish. Yeah. So every time you read it, you have to listen to their music. That Ewan McGregor movie, Big Fish. Big Fish. It's a good one. That's a one to watch if you want to cry. That's a great one. Uh, what have I been, uh, I, I've been watching, I need to catch up on The Bad Batch, that's been excellent. Have you seen Bo Burnham's new thing? No, I heard it's great, like you, it uh, just takes, it take, you have to get through the first ten minutes and then it's awesome. It's an hour and a half, I mean, even the first, t- it's, the whole thing is so cool. I mean, the guy re- wrote and performed every bit and every song. Yeah. He was the head, he shot the whole thing on, he was videography, lighting, sound editing, mixing. He did the entire thing by himself Mm. and like knew how to do all it. I just, his, it really blew me away. His IQ has got to be up there 140 range. He's a genius. Yeah. Did you ever see his Conan set where he has all the props? Oh yeah. That's, that's he's a genius. Yes. I agree. His takes on the world and his, his self-awareness and just all of it. And it's, it was at the risk of sounding like a pretentious person. It was like one of the coolest artistic endeavors I've ever witnessed. Sure. I mean, he took he did the thing that everyone said that they would do. Yeah. He had a full year where he, you know, if you didn't want to, you were praised for not leaving your apartment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. We've and covered he that. Just like fully devolved himself. Like 
he grew a huge beard. His hair grew out. Like he was losing his fucking mind in the name of making this special. And then the for an hour and twenty eight minutes, you're just like, wow. That's cool. It's really good. Now, here's my thing. that uh, I watched that magic thing on Hulu. In and of itself. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I get it. But I wasn't blown away. Is it going to be like that kind of level no, for me? No, no, it's no. It's, it's but also going into really it, funny and poignant. But going into it, I never really liked his stand-up. Like yeah. full specials. Yeah. I just, it wasn't for me, and that's fine. Well, this is the evolution of it, because he's okay. not a stand-up. In the same way right. why, like Donald Glover wasn't a stand-up. Or why Martin, you know, Eddie Murphy, you know, it's like... What? Eddie Murphy had two of the largest specials of all time. I know, know. and then he quit 31 years ago. Well, he's back, baby. Well, he keeps talking about it. No, he he signed a deal with Netflix. I know, but like, what's it going to be? It might be dog shit. He's not doing spots. He's not working. He was before the, the pandemic. I think it was all... I heard Chappelle and Rogan talking about it, and he never really got up. He just showed up to the comedy store? Yeah, yeah. He was never really getting up. No, and, and and Eddie's admitted that too. He was like in Rolling Stone. He was like, "Dude, I'm so disconnected. I have a bowling alley in my house." Right. So how am I going to relate? It's exactly. Like, no, just be. Res- yeah. Honestly, if he was donkey for an hour and a half, I'm into it. I'd be happy. That's it. I know, but it's comes like, out of in a full mule suit, donkey suit. Yeah, dude, the Burnham thing is wild. All right, I'll watch. You're it. just kind of left being like, "Wow." Okay, I'll give it a watch. Hold on. Without an ad read, do you think you could uh, rip it for like a minute? I got to yeah, pee so bad. that's fine. All I'm right, just baby. trying to envision what the stage would look like if it was a donkey-only Eddie Murphy stand-up set. Do you think they build the full swamp? Is it kind of like an elementary school play production where they paint on like a bunch of... Like uh, like that brown paper you see at a restaurant that's all rolled up and they cut it off and they put it down and then kids put spaghetti on it and they draw on it. Like if they just did different scenes and then would rotate that paper out so then it kind of feels like a low budget fun like off-Broadway production of just Donkey and then does like a one-man Donkey show. That sounds wrong, one-man Donkey show. But it would technically be a one-man donkey show, because it is donkey being played by Eddie Murphy. So, I don't know what else it would be, a one-donkey one show then? That also sounds gross, but... And then he just goes through his life as in the multiple Shrek movies and reflects on them and also makes jokes, you know? Yeah, I think that would be intriguing. I think I would be into that. Maybe... He does all of his characters from each movie. Like, he does all of Norbit. He does Donkey. He dresses up in between, has costume changes. I would watch that special. (laughs) Yeah. Or he could just (laughs) write some stand-up. Yeah. But, you know... What you just described, I would also tune in for that as well. Okay, cool. I'd pay thirteen ninety nine a month to be able to watch that on Netflix. One man, one man donkey show or one donkey show? Both sound gross. Yeah, and I think w- I think you just take donkey out of it, man. He's played a lot of. <laughs> but he's characters. iconic. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. We were we were rewatching Workaholics, and the, the the one of the lines that Adam had was like, "Dude, that girl, she was my Shrek three. Yeah. And he's like, what? Like, like Shrek 1 and Shrek 2 were great, but Shrek, Shrek 3 sucked, dude! <laughs> I was like, that's that's so fucking great. Workaholics love that show. Me too. Loose butthole. <sighs> oh, that's totally loose butthole. Totally. What a ridiculous <laughs> statement. Bonkers. And most of, the, a good chunk of it they could probably still get away with, I, fe- I feel like. Oh, yeah. 
So uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. No, it's a good show. Um, to, uh, what were you saying? No, go ahead. I was just gonna transition to the red stuff. And That's say, what I was gonna do. I was gonna say that today the Reds got beat seven to two. The uh, Luis looked great, but overall it was quite loose butthole. <laughs> it was loose butthole. Papa Joe went yard. Yes, I w- my transition was going to be, it's like, yeah, a lot of, you know, they could probably do most of the workaholic stuff now, like 90% of it, and get by with it, but what we can't get by with is losing games like this to the Brewers. That would have been a good transition. Also great. You know what? Both fantastic. Yeah. Um, did you, so you said Joseph Daniel Homer, did you see that catch from that kid? No. Dude, I sent it to you on Instagram. Oh, really? Dude, just pull that up and watch it really quick. I will describe it so while like a you're kid watching. So in the bleachers? In right field in the sun deck, uh, was reading Daddy Daddy's Dinger, and he leaned over to catch it. He caught it this behind. This child? Watch. And he catches it behind him and falls into the row in front of him and holds on to the ball. It's insane. No. Isn't that bonkers? No way. Yes. Insane. What a kid. That Unreal. kid's... You know what's crazy is I bet that kid could have played Dude. a better center field than Tyler Naquin today. No shit. And he probably... Well, he probably would have struck out three times. Yeah, you've you been fine. Dude, that is so wild, man. That guy, That kid just dove... Kid could have also walked three times. Smaller strike zone. Yeah, no doubt. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Naquin with the uh, almost the golden sombrero today. Three Ks. Yikes. Three Ks, and I think he popped out to the first baseman. Yeah, rough. But Joseph Daniel, that dinger was impressive. Yeah, I mean, it oh, was yeah. up he in the zone, it. and he just took it to the right field. Just got around on it. Yeah, he did, and that's nice to see. After you know coming off the IL. Yeah, right. Which was huge to have this week when he finally came off. Yeah. Because that just leaves, that just lets Blandino sit on the bench. That lets, you know, I mean, just lets the bench players be bench players. Because they're bench players. Because they're bench players. Right. You, you have been stretched thin and you're still missing Nick and Moose, which your dad, what your dad said today, is like, I didn't even know he played for the Reds. Yeah, so, yeah right. It's like, man, that's so true. I know, it's a bummer. Forgot he played. Forgot. But it's like, that changed it. I mean, we didn't have him in St. Louis. No. Which didn't need to won four of those games. Swept them, looked good, and you know what? It's it. We're talking about getting Joey back, and I know we took the L today, but it was not because of Luis. No, Luis. It feels like it's even worse than getting someone back from the IL because when they, you know, if at least if you're on the IL, you're not actively losing games, right? But Luis's last two starts, it is like. It's like getting a new player. Exactly. It's like calling someone up. It's like the stark difference between what Luis did his first 10 starts of the season yep. versus what he's done his last two starts. Yeah. It is like getting a new player. You have returned an ace to the throne. An ace, an all-star, Sorry. Cy Young front runner. every, you know. Every time. And just the way that he is feeling the ball, he's placing it, I think the changes he has made were 100% mental, and now he is owning the strike zone. And I know you've got some numbers to throw out about the bullpen, so we'll just keep it like pitcher-centric right now. There's plenty to talk about with the bats, but like... Uh, and we'll get to the good stuff there. Yeah, we'll get to the good stuff there, but I'm just talking like... And it's also good to be excited about shit up top. Yes. And talk about like the good stuff that's happening. 
What about Vlad Gutierrez? The guy is locked in. Three quality starts just right out the gate. Yep. Two, I mean, and really looking good. Feeling it. Yeah, man. I mean, his start last night was impressive. He looked he looked like a bona fide stud last night. He, I'm pulling up his line again, because he only gave up two runs in seven innings. And he had three walks but and eight that, Ks. Just, just that, seven innings, man. Is it's huge. His first start at home, baby. Uh, considering what had happened Tuesday night, right. you needed you needed seven. You, you you got it. You got seven innings pitched, six hits, two earned runs, three walks, seven Ks. I mean, that's dominant. You and gotta that's coming, be you gotta be pleased with that. And that and the Brewers aren't anything to sneeze at. He took care of Christian Yelich. Yeah, you know, he he did what he was supposed to. I mean, and that's a lot to say with what we've gotten with the spotting performances of of other pitchers. This will 100% for me validate that Jeff Hoffman will be back in the bullpen when he returns. Zero doubt in my mind this man stays. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the most oh, obvious I, thing to say. I, I, I Yeah, exactly. But that, I didn't even feel it necessary to say. Well, we have to as much as we fucking ragged on that piece. That guy <laughs> almost called him a piece of shit. He's a professional athlete, and he tried really hard. Yeah. But not not for you, guy. Right. No, he's not a pitcher. He's not a starting pitcher. No, he is not. Um, no, but Vlad's numbers overall are just good. Yes. I mean, and he's and he's getting. He's like, you know, he'll have a bad inning, and then he'll he'll have a bad inning where he'll throw twenty six in twenty six pitches. Right. And then the next three innings, he'll throw twenty six pitches combined. Exactly. Just like what he did in St. Louis. Yeah. He get the jitters out really really hyped on vlad i am and too lodolo's still fucking absolutely dealing down there hunter green got shelled hunter green got shelled but lodolo has yet to even get touched and he should be in triple a hold on let me check the calendar now yesterday yeah it's a, it's time you you need to fast track him um what was also interesting was when sunny went down with a pulled ham with a pulled groin i mean that's gonna be tough I mean, he's going to be at, out at least two starts. Yeah, groins are groins are a bitch. Look what happened to Anthony Davis. I mean, he pulled his groin. He tried to go back out for the Lakers and only lasted four minutes. Man, and that's and you know they have they have to deal with the jump, but you know, like jumping and shit. Imagine well, the Sonny's excitement pushing. of just saying, "Hey, Lodolo, you're, you're, see you in Cincinnati." We'll see ya. I don't think that's happening. Here is why that's not happening. Art Warren was brought up today to take Sonny's spot on yeah. the I.L., right? Yeah. And David Bell in the presser today, they said, hey, C. Trent asked, like, hey, uh, what's up with with um, what's up with TJ? Is he hurt or something? Is there something going on? And David Bell said, give me one more day, and then I can talk about it. So are they going to start him? I am, one, I am now 96% sure that TJ Antone will be a starting pitcher. If for the Cincinnati Reds while Sonny Green is on the Sonny Gray is on the IL. If it's two spot starts, I don't hate it as much. No. But I still just I don't know our the bullpen I like having him. Oh, I do too. He's a shutdown. I totally get it. But that also with Art Warren coming up and taking that, Art yeah, got shelled that today. Spot. Got shelled. 
But that also means, say, that you send him back down, you can bring up Santian, and you could put him in the pen, yeah. or you could put him in the rotation. Yeah. And that, and if you put him in the pen, then he fills in and does the two, three-inning stuff that, that TJ does. Right. He's been too fucking gross to just leave in the pen. And I know we've depended on him. He's been the we've only... We've gone back and forth on this since... Before For, the season even started. Right. and he, But he's been the only one where you're like, he's had given up two runs in all of his appearances. Yeah. And you're like, that's the guy I can trust the Give most. Give him more innings. So in this type of situation, I would, it would behoove the Reds to just put him and see if he can go six. He's already stretched out. He's also had a couple days off. Yeah. He's had four days off. You could convince me of both. I don't hate him. Yes. I don't hate him to come up and start for two starts and then right. see see what that ripple effect is into our bullpen. 100% agree. You know. And getting into the bullpen here. I've got the baseball reference pulled up, um which is a fantastic tool if you haven't used it. That's great. If you have, that's great. Go there. It's all the same numbers. Everybody can read them. Read it. Um what is interesting right now if you look, games the pitcher has pitched in more than one inning, it's called the IPMULT. The Reds are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6th in the league with 71. That's high when the league average is 53. So, which means you're leaving guys to hang out to dry. Yeah. Combined with games, here we go, games entered with runners on. The Reds are third with 71. So, which means you're putting those relievers in situations that they have to generate strikeouts. Right. They have. They, these are all They'll high. They'll give up runs on a fielder's choice. Right. Um, and then games entered with a high leverage situation, which this is where it gets kind of interesting. They have 58 when the league, league average is 65, and they're in the bottom third of the league in that. So I don't know what makes a what makes it a high leverage situation. I guess it would be later in the game. Yeah. Which means we're already getting blown out because they were put into a situation where there were runners on and they got shelled. So I don't know how much I blame. I mean, I blame their track. Like we've gone. It's been a revolving door, but it's also they've been. You have average arms going into situations that they can't succeed in. Yeah. They aren't starting clean. And some of them might even be a little above average because it's not, especially when you take TJ into account. Right. But we've had several games this year where it was a good team win, and you look at the stat line, and we've got four, five innings of one-hit shutout ball from our bullpen. Yeah. And it's either that, where we get the best version of – Doolittle and Sims and Amir and top it with TJ. Yeah. And it's lights out. And we're like, okay, okay, okay. Or they it's, give up seven earned runs in two innings. Right. Or it's Goudeau, Warren, um, Brock. Like it's the, that Former, combination. Just like a bunch of randos. Exactly. Just a bunch of dudes that were working at Target and checking people out and this got called up to the big leagues. Yeah, man. Here's an and interesting. You said, you said this before the pod, and it is important to remember this. Our bullpen woes are abysmal and valid, and uh, it is true. But it is the norm across the league. Agreed. Let me give you one more. That's insane. Not that that's we want to be the norm. But. We don't want to, but we also would like to be around league average. If yeah. you can just be average, then this team is good enough to get away with an average bullpen. bullpen. You, average. 
fucking serviceable. That's it. That's all you need is average when you have two other pieces that are functioning at above average. Right. Like, if you look at this, too, um, inherited runners, you know, number of runners on base when pitcher entered the game. The Reds are fifth with 106. The league average is 82. Wow. You know who's league average? The Phillies. The Tigers are better at it than us. The teams that are worse at it than us are the Angels, Cardinals, Orioles, and Cubs. And the Cubs have a good bullpen. Yeah. So they can get out of those situations. But then if you look at save percentage, I haven't looked at this, 64%, which is above league average at, at 62%. Yeah. Best in the league is Cleveland at 86%. That's crazy. We're below league average in saves, though, because uh, we had Amir give up a bunch. Yeah. And Sims has gotten touched up on some stuff. So He has, but Sims, again, to just shine a light, Sims swept the Cardinals. He had three saves. Right. Three saves in four days. And that was huge. So he, he got touched up today. Great. First time, long time. First time, long time. And it was a high leverage situation. It wasn't a save situation. Yeah, he got brought in with what? Two outs? Two outs. Base runners on first and second. And also that ball, two of those balls, one, no. The second one was, was an, an out. It was just... Misplayed by Winker yeah. and left. And the second one was misplayed by Naquin. That was just over his head that Shogo Akiyama would have caught because that's why you brought him here for his glove and his speed. And also, India threw that ball away. That would have been an ending, ending double, double play. play. And he threw it away badly. Yes. Here's, here's something crazy, too. Losses in relief is six. The league average is 10. And the Reds are... Uh, third best in baseball. This really? is that crazy. That, that doesn't losses. That does not add up. That doesn't add up. A statistical anomaly, as you will, because you it, that will. just doesn't seem. Well, I guess a lot of times the bullpen blow up. They'll come into a game where we're asking them to hold. We're down two one, and then they right. just give up eight runs. So it's not a loss. Right. The the starting pitcher takes the L. Right. I mean, Sonny's one and four on the year. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Yeah. Not great. Not great at all. Um, but, ah, now this is where it kicks in. Second worst in baseball in holds. Second worst. That With makes a lot of sense. 18 when the league average is 31. 18. So there's some numbers that also say that there are put they are put in bad situations and they cannot succeed because there's not enough high level, not enough arms that can handle high leverage situations. I know you're yawning and I'm boring you with my spreadsheet. No, <laughs> no, no um, I'm just yawning. Um, so it seems like the answer would be two arms that you can throw out that can get you three outs in the sixth and seventh. Yeah. I think if you have two shut down motherfuckers, you're in business. Well, you get Lorenzen back. Then you need one motherfucker that can shut it down. Well, TJ's already there who can shut it down. Right, but you can only throw him out so much, and he goes two, three innings sometimes. Yeah. So now let him. You got him going five, hopefully six to start games. So then you have less time with your with the bullpen and whatever guy who's going to go out there and then get DFA'd and end up working at Mike's car wash. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the situation, and you get Lorenzen back. He's going to the pen. That's already been said. Yeah. So then you need you. I mean, two would be nice, but you need one sturdy motherfucker in there for sure who in the league is there a team who has a stud in their bullpen that is out of the race like who could we feasibly even go out and get well think think about who's out of it 
Detroit. You have Detroit out of it. You have Pittsburgh out of it. You have the Angels out of it. Yeah. Um, so how are they out of it? That's so crazy. They go. They go. Fucking Rendon Trout Otani. Trout's on the in- injured list. Yeah. Um, and Otani just hitting four hundred and seventy foot dingers. Yeah. You know, just being you know one of the most dominant players in baseball. Yeah. It sounds like something that we've been going through with the Angels before. Almost. It's it's infuriating. I wish that the league would come down and then just move his contract somewhere else. Yeah, or just move the fucking team. Send him to Seattle. Send or no, not, <laughs> not the NBA. Vegas. Send him to Vegas or Nashville. Nashville would be dope. But I mean, I don't. It's not like it's not for it. For them, it was an ineptitude of them not going out and getting starting pitching this year. Right. It's just another glaring issue where they spent money other places. Yeah. Um. So. Who else would be? I mean, for the Angels, you have Rizal Iglesias. How could you imagine? Hilarious. Um, you've got Pittsburgh with Rico Rodriguez, who's been shutting shit down. You're, I don't see them trading in division. No. Um, I don't know who in Colorado you pull out of that pen, because that's a, re- a big reason they're losing a bunch of games. Yeah. Um, Arizona's out of it. I don't know about Detroit. And, and what... I mean... It's also this early, you know. It is what we're we're sixty games in. Yeah, we are, the season would be over right now, and we'd be in the playoffs if it was last year. Because this is what the Brewers got in with. Oh, were they? Were they twenty nine and thirty one? Mm-hmm. Oh, right. So I don't know. We're gonna have to just keep waiting and seeing what's go- who is going to move shit and who's not. Supposedly, I heard this today that Archie Bradley's available. That I was, I almost sent that in the group the other day. It's like, how much are we missing Archie Bradley right now? Right. I mean, we don't even know what we're missing. I mean, we know what we're missing. It's not like we had him for seven point one innings last year, right? But like, it'd be cool if he was still on the roster. Yeah. Fuck. And he's been hurt for two months. Yeah. Too. Here, here's something that got floated around today that also makes me wonder why even fucking try. Do you see who is interested in Joey Gallo? Who? The Padres. Ugh. They have the fucking they have the they have the prospect capital to make that happen. How utterly disgusting. <laughs> That's like an embarrassment of riches. It's like a 150 home run starting lineup. Right. More. And that separates them from the Dodgers when they're 100% healthy when Bellinger comes back. Oh, the Padres have the sexier roster somehow. Right, it's happened. It it just happened. Yeah, I mean, with injuries, yes, it has happened. I, I mean, so why even if you're in this situation, we're good. We could be good. We couldn't be elite, very good. If I, that's what elite, very good is, correct. Yeah. Which would be Joey Gallo to the Padres. So they go Hosmer Gallo, Tatis. <laughs> Machado, yeah, Myers, yeah, that's nuts. Cronenworth, Cronenworth, it's dis- and they drafted him, yeah, it's disgusting, yeah, dude. That's really wild. It's foul, yeah. So what do you even like? I know that this week, that next week, when we go to San Diego, crazier things have happened. I.e., we swept the Dodgers. In a four-game series, that kind that gives you an a really good idea. I mean, of course, they're all in San Diego, so it's not going to be like a like a five-game series right. where it's two-two-one. Yeah. 
do you think that you kind of see where you are with that big dog and then you kind of judge the rest of the situation of the season and then go from there and address your needs or do you start selling if you get fucking four games swept by the big dog i mean i know i know exactly what you mean there's a lot of angles that you could look at that because you know in the game of baseball the difference between going two and two and splitting or going three and one or one and three yeah could be if we go two and two and win two games two one run games mm-hmm. and then lose two games by eight runs mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying how do you grade that where's you the can't. judge on that you can't but i mean i do I, i'm a big barometer guy Mm-hmm. It, it, for the same reason why we were so excited about the sweep in St. Louis is right. because even going into that, we were talking about it on the pod last Thursday. Just like this, we need this to go well, and it did, and it did go very well, and it changed, you know, and it fe- it did change the fucking swag up a little bit. But then it f- then it fucking fell through almost immediately, dropping two out of three to the Brewers. Yeah, and and see that's what's so crazy about this game, baby, is if I we know. had gone two and one instead of one and two, everything feels different. I totally if agree. If we were at thirty and thirty right now, having just taken what six of seven from a, a division, sure. Yeah, the difference between six and one and five and two is a lot. It's a big deal. Yeah. Um. But considering that, I I know I'm jumping ahead to next weekend, but in front of us, we have three against the Rockies. Fuck them up on your home fucking home field. Especially after they embarrassed us. Yeah, and that we had to go and win two in a last-ditch effort with this offense. To split it. Right, and and at Coors, which is just a a hitter's park on steroids. Yeah, those were two big wins early in the season because losing to two in a row to that team that bad really stung. It really did. So now that they're back on our turf, I mean, three and oh. It's not unreasonable to say after what we did to St. Louis on the road. I know. I know. And and then you've got, th- and this is where it gets unique, is that you have three at Milwaukee. You yeah. get to see them again after seeing them in your home, at your home field. Here's something wild. Uh, since, when did Castellanos lose his streak? Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. He lost his streak on Sunday, and he is currently on a four-game hitting streak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he lost it. Yeah, with, he lost with, it Saturday with three multi-hit games. Jesus. He went zero for five on Saturday, and then he's just off to the fucking races again, man. Good God, Gertrude. Good God, Gertrude. Good God, Gertrude. No, I mean, channel channel Frank Zibel there. The guys that we, you know, the guys that we've been counting on with the sticks. If we want to talk offense for a little bit, still very count onable. Oh, Saturday he went two for five, so that was Sunday then. Okay, yeah, so he's on a three-game hitting streak. Right, I'm pulling up that Sunday box score. Because I was mostly deceased Sunday, but I watched the game. It was crazy. Like, I would go in and out of hangover, sweaty sleep. Yeah. Just dead. And then, like, I would wake up, and ev- I caught all of Winker's dingers. Nice. That was that was a, that was a, that was a oh, great gift. Oh, how nice was it in the win for the Red Legs yesterday to see the future pop up once again. Tyler Stevenson, two doubles, three ribbies. Yeah. He's been, you, you know what? I'm going to pull that up. You know, Stevenson's, I think he's still batting around 270. Tyler Stevenson is batting this year a 266 with a 361 go, on man. base percentage and uh, 79 OPS in 128 plate appearances. Now, let's look at his Jesus Christ. His last seven games 
I mean, he's on fucking fire. 17 ABs, six hits, two runs, one dinger, five ribs, four walks, four strikeouts, with a 353 average, 500 on base percentage, and 647 slugging. Dude, look at that four walks. That's huge. That's huge, man. I mean, the fact that his average is hovering around where it is right now as such a young kid, he's just hulking. He's 6'4", 230. Like, he's a fucking monster. And when he's up there, he just... I like watching him have at-bats. He has good at-bats. He has a good approach. He works the count. He fouls balls off. He doesn't swing out of the zone very often. No. Like, when that guy gets, like, all-time reps, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And event, he's our first baseman in the future, right? I I would I would tend to agree. It would have to be. He ha- yes. I think it kind of is so perfect, barring injuries, yeah. for one or two more seasons at the twilight yeah. of Tucker and Joey, for Tucker and and Stevenson to be a duo battery. Yeah. While Stevenson is also like a battery at first base. Yes. And it's you know. I don't know what our catcher situation is in the farm or what comes after that, but like I'm sold on his bat. Yes. That I don't think he should be a six foot four, two hundred thirty pound catcher. No, I don't want to Joe Mauer him. No, you don't want to Joe Mauer him. Right. Because he because it's it's he's a stud. Yes. He's a fucking stud. You can't have him catching. He will be a bona fide star next season. Yes. Zero doubt in my mind. I want to see you know. It just it's the it's the Joey paradox, man. I don't want to see Stevenson more reps at first base because it means less Joey. But then also, right. come on. Or who knows what happens after the CBA and we get a DH in the NL? And then then you go. Isn't that crazy? How much we were harping about the universal DH and out, there's plenty of things that Reds fans could be mad about. But like, I don't know if there's a team in the league that got fucked harder than the Reds by not being able to have a universal DH. One hundred percent. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. How many fucking problems does it solve? All of them. It solves so many problems for the Reds that we don't that we don't have a universal DH. Man, it fucked us. It fucked us. You know what? What's really fucking it right now? I am thoroughly enjoying the season. I'm loving watching everything that is baseball. And there is two things that have been just in the national spotlight that are detrimental to the game that is insulting to everything else that is happening. One being the pace of play is bad. I am sick and fucking tired of hearing these guys that are covering... They're trying to cover baseball that are football guys saying, oh, the pace of play is just bad. Motherfucker, football games are four hours long. Yeah, for sure. You watch pregame. For you sure. watch the game. And then next next thing you know, you're at the watch, you're watching the end of the Sunday night game and it, you have been on your couch watching football till 11 p.m. Get your fucking head out of your ass and shut the fuck up. Agreed. That's bullshit. You want to fix the game, the pace of play? then don't be a fan. I enjoy it. A lot of other people do. I don't see it as a real problem. Yeah. I'm over I'm over it. I'm over hearing about it on a national level because that's all you hear about. The other thing is a problem, and it's the sticky situation. Did you see Garrett Cole's shit? Oh, yeah. How, how do you fumble that answer? I know. How do you not just say, no, I've never heard of it? Yeah. When these, have you heard of spider... Have you ever used spider tech? Uh, um, no, immediately stop. Yeah. That, wow. It's bad. No. Never heard of it. Never. See how easy that is? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's going to be a sticky situation, dare I say. Yeah, there it is. Finally. It's a it's a weird one cuz I mean, it's I've heard takes of different people being like, you know, I want them to use the sticky shit so I don't have balls hit at me coming 125 miles an hour. Right. You know? Sure. It's kind of like an assumed thing. Yeah. And you know what's really weird? You know what's funny about it? It's like if the ball's sticky when the pitcher throws it, Mm -hmm. it's sticky when the shortstop throws it. Right. So... I mean, I. It's such a. It's a convoluted. It's a convoluted subject. Exactly. You know, it really is. It's. You can't say a hard no because it's been it. Pitchers pitch that way in big leagues. Sure, they have. There was times back in the Wild West when motherfuckers fuck sticky stuff. Guys were putting Vaseline on their fingers. Yep. That's dangerous. Yes. That's 100% dangerous. That's where it's like old Catfish Williams is like (laughs) fucking, you don't know where it's coming with this guy. And it's like you literally didn't because it was slipping out of his hand. The guys would dip spit onto it and figure it out. It's crazy. And so that follows it up to my next question to you is one of the things that Garrett Cole's like, and the things have been passed down from generation to generation. It's been going on forever. Do you think that just continuing onward, and it always has been that baseball has a huge target on its back for being the national pastime. Right. And everyone else is coming at it because the NFL is such a juggernaut. Do you think they're just trying to put their foot on the throat and not have to worry about covering it anymore? Damn. Billy conspiracy. Always here with it. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it's the whole th- that is a good point about like the pace of play argument when you turn on Monday night football and it's literally a four and a half hour event the college national football championship game is at easily five hours yeah five. yeah it's not a pace of play thing no yeah that would suck to think about I mean if the powers that be the the men in the the fucking Wearing suits in the conference room, sitting around a circle, depending, sure. you know, figuring out how things are going to go. Right. <laughs> you know, the uh, goddamn Rockefellers. Uh, it's not too it crazy. Seem crazy. Yeah, I know. When I you know. frame it that way, it's not too crazy. I know. I really don't think it's that nuts. At some point, people want a sport that they just can zone out and not have to think. That's what football is. It's constant movement, and it's constant overthinking of what is going on on the field. Right. You can but, overanalyze every play. But everything has a simple task that moves that people are into. Yards forward. B- back. Right. Oh, different play calls, pooling, all this stuff. Well, they still have assigned things that they just do one thing. Yeah. Where everyone on a baseball field does everything that they can, like everything else. Especially Shohei. Right. But, I mean... And it's just the fact that people are constantly moving, so they're thinking that they are getting something out of it. Right. Whereas baseball, it is a build to a moment, and then it's just an immediate... Right. And if there's something happening every every 25 seconds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. Like, the intensity and that drama that builds up to it is why this game is beautiful. And people, Ooh, I that. think, are too... Fast-paced. Yeah. It's too... No, you're not moving. You're not doing anything. TikTok, no, yeah. No, what, why aren't you giving me something every three seconds? Think about how much the ball moves around in the NBA. Yeah, right. And in soccer as it's well. It's a part of the reason why soccer is gaining in popularity. Yes. In America. Because they don't have to sit and analyze what could happen in any situation. Instead, it is playing out in front of them constantly. Right. They don't. That's a great take. Brilliant take. Thank you. 
Long live baseball. Long live baseball, the thinking man's game. It is. <laughs> yeah, I know it is. it is, dude. It really is. I fucking couldn't agree more. So shut the fuck up and just either get on board or get off board. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. You're listening to a Cincinnati Reds podcast right. where we are 29 and 31. You really have to like baseball to truly listen to this. <laughs> no or shit. You we like, love you. Or you like our comedy. We love you for it. But we love you for it. So Speaking of comedy, I got to go, man. I don't know if you want to keep ripping no, or good. if you want to call it a night. It. Let's right, plug cool. it. Got to get to a show, y'all. Yeah, you do. Um, so this week for me, um, Tuesday, I am at uh, Five Points Park with you. You're headlining. Wednesday, I will be at, I think I'm at 20s again. I might be wrong. I think that's next week. Nice. Um, the 23rd? Yes. I'm on that show, too. Oh, sick. The 20s? Fuck yeah. That's going to be great. Uh, so yeah, because it was this week, so it'll yeah. be the next week. Cool. So then I'm not on that this Wednesday. It's next Wednesday. Thursday, Lee and I are at High Grain Brewing. Blam. Buy your tickets. Blake's headlining. Blake Hammond is very funny and a friend of the pod. And then um, Friday, we're in Indianapolis at Hairbrain. Uh, Hairbrain Comedy is the, the White Rabbit Cabaret. the White Rabbit Cabaret. We have all shows together this week. That's exciting, man. Very exciting. And then next Wednesday, the 16th, Funny Bone, Rocky Dale Davis. Come to that show. Do it up. Yeah. Be there for the boy. Frick yeah, baby. And, and come to the hub, man. Come to thy hub. Long live the hub. Um, thank you to Sports Drink for putting up with our bullshit. Thank you to Locker Room for your app. It's neat. And uh, all right. You might be seeing me at a Reds game tomorrow night or Saturday. So uh, thank you so much. Go Red Legs. Stay nasty, y'all. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. 
So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.